Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. I am Brent Smith. Um, today it is Tuesday, April 16th. Um, happy Passion Week. Happy Passion Week, yeah. And happy <laughs> happy spring. Warm weather is finally here, man. I'm so happy about that. But, uh, Brent, yeah. I'm, I'm hurt. Why? Because my birthday was Friday. Didn't I didn't know. You didn't even say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Michael. Feliz cumpleaños a ti. Everybody send Michael a text this week and tell him happy birthday. Um, happy birthday, man. Sorry, I didn't realize that it was uh, this week. Well, now I've caught up with you. We should add a new <laughs> theme song, uh, The Walrus. Welcome. Yeah. Cuckoo Kachu. <laughs> yeah, Cuckoo Kachu. Yeah, exactly. Cuckoo Kachu, happy birthday to you. Oh, goodness. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen uh, our dear brother, Michael Miller, he has an amazing beard that is always very well groomed and shiny at times. Uh, He puts a lot of great product (laughs) in it, Uh, but it has a distinct pattern in it to where it has, he has these uh, white streaks that kind of just go down from his, uh, either side of his mouth. Like tusks. Yeah. And it looks like tusks. Which is much better than being called a skunk. I've been called that too. uh, Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Pepe Le Pew. Shouldn't have said that. No, no, exactly. Oh, that oh, yeah. <laughs> but the walrus is a good one because, yeah, he literally has tusks yeah. made of hair. It's awesome. <laughs> we digress. Yeah. So, we, guys, <laughs> we've done a bad job. Thank goodness we started recording now because we've just had like a, I don't know, like a 15 or 20 minute conversation about everything. Yes. So I hope we can get on track, you know, for crying out loud. It's, I, it's my fault, Brent. I'm sorry. And guys, I know it's going to be difficult to believe as regular listeners out there, but... <laughs> Michael Jordan and LeBron James did come up today again uh, in a very, very different way. Very briefly. In a very different way. Yes. <laughs> More Sith Lord stuff, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. And old we Star Wars movies. We talked about Jar Jar. We talked about LeBron and Michael. We just talked. We talked about pollen. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did talk about pollen and <laughs> trees. About everything. Yeah. <laughs> Happy trees. Uh, all good right. times. Nice Bob Ross reference there. I like a reference there. I like it. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, guys. So back to it. Um, it is Tuesday, April 16th. Today we are on Acts 12. Um, this is our second venture this time around into the book of Acts. Um, and uh, as you can tell already, I'm joined by Michael Miller and Pastor Daniel Yelverton today. Um, so guys, before we get into the reading, as always, do one of you guys want to do any kind of a setup on where we are, what we have going on as we get into the scripture today? I normally would, but I'm, I'd like to pass the mic to, to Daniel this time because... I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, so and if you don't have anything, we no, can... no, I, we'll just catch up with just some of the previous chapters because yeah. Acts is a constantly moving book. Yeah. There's so many things going on. A uh, huge uh, thing just took place where the Holy Spirit uh, came down on Cornelius and his family. So now there's this movement of Gentiles following Jesus. Uh, the church is now like the first like multi-ethnic church is was uh, birthed in Antioch. And that's where they first get the word Christians. And it was kind of a derogatory term. It meant mm-hmm. little Christ. And so, so anyway, so there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on and now the persecution's, uh, really ramping up. Uh, you're going to see I can't a lot. Help it, man, when you say little Christ, what goes into my mind is eight pounds, six ounce, baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, so that's, uh, so that's, that's all the stuff that's been going on. Uh, it's, it is a, it's a, I think it's a really adaptive time for the church because, uh, you'll see them kind of shedding some of the issues with old Judaism, but then also really wrestling with that. A uh, couple chapters coming up, you're going to have the um, the Council of Jerusalem, where basically they just they they whittle down all of the 
Jewish laws and Jewish commands and everything like that. And so it really opens up the doors for Gentiles to follow Jesus. And so there's a lot of change taking place. And another thing is there's a lot of lay people, like just people that follow Jesus, that are just starting churches all over the place. You don't know who's starting these churches, but they're just starting and they're flourishing. And and so the gospel's really spreading across the whole Roman world. And and so with that comes a lot of um a lot of persecution, a lot of pushback from uh, just uh, old ways of doing things, so traditions, but also just there's a lot of issues with people making a lot of money off other people, and they're starting to lose that when people are be living sacrificial, loving lives. And so that becomes, there's a lot of conflict between the world and the followers of Jesus. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we will go ahead and get right into the, um, the scripture for today. Uh, this is Acts 12 from the Dwell app. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, You are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. 
Now when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord. And having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace, because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, the voice of a god and not of a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down, because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. That is Acts 12 from the Dwell app. Uh, we have a little bit of conversation sometimes in between when we're doing editing and stuff like that. So um, both of you guys had a couple points um, that you were discussing throughout the reading. So um, take us there. Go ahead, Daniel. All right. Violent hands. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not violent hands. Uh, sorry. That's just it just the way it's said. It's just about that time. Herod the king laid violent hands on some. It's kind of like, to me, it's like when we pray for people, uh, like the like our food, and we bless the hands that made it kind of thing. I feel like that's <laughs> what I envision. Like, he's got these big, huge, like, f- like fluffy hands, and he's laying them on people, but they're violent. So that's like... Like Wreck-It Ralph. He's got these yeah, huge yeah. damn hands. Do you... Uh, I don't pray for my food at Chick-fil-A because it's pre-blessed. That's so. true. True. Yeah, so they're, they're already good. Yeah, they are. So, yeah, but but I just think that's really funny how when some people pray, they pray for the hands instead of, like, the whole person. You know, it's like just your hands are going to get blessed. Your whole body is cursed, but your hands are blessed. Uh, so, anyway, so Herod has these violent hands that he's putting on people. Uh, but uh, just so you guys know, uh, Herod uh, is not the same Herod Agrippa or not the same Agri- King Agrippa. It's, so, it's King Agrippa that's later on that talks to Paul. This is Herod Agrippa. It's just a similar name. It's not the same guy. Uh, also, uh, you might see James and you think, oh, that's the guy that wrote the book of James. And that's actually not correct either, <laughs> that James is the brother of John and one of the original three like closest followers of Jesus. And when you say Peter, James, John, we don't mean James, the brother of Jesus, who actually wrote the book of James. It's James, the brother of John. Okay, so, it's, so that's kind of complicated. But anyway, so this is one of the first apostles. This is the first uh, apostle that's martyred, that we have at least, Uh uh, and or that's 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 shown to us here in Acts, and which can be confusing because Stephen was martyred, but he wasn't an apostle, Mm-mm. so he wasn't the first Christian martyred, but the first apostle martyred. This is all kinds of fun, confusing yeah. stuff. An apostle is just we've talked about it before in the podcast, but just a refresher. It's it's there was twelve people that were chosen by Jesus to be his representatives. The apostle means sent, and so. That was where the 12 kind of, when we say the 12 disciples, we really mean the 12 apostles. Mm-hmm. And so he, James was one of the 12, actually was one of the three that even went up to the Mount Transfiguration when Jesus kind of revealed his glory and talked to Moses and Elijah, which is cool. Uh, and so anyways, uh, so James, cool. James is killed though? here. And anyways, but James, the brother of Jesus, actually wasn't a follower of Jesus until after Jesus resurrected. Which, which I find highly real. 
Yeah. yeah. Because if yeah. my, I only have sisters, but if my sister was out claiming she was the daughter the of God <laughs> until she actually raised from the dead, yeah, it'd probably be hard for me to be like, yeah, I think I believe you. <laughs> I know, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, any of you that have siblings, they can probably, you can probably relate to James who wrote the book of James. Uh, so anyway, so that's kind of giving you a little clarity. And then I'm going to pass it over to Michael here who's going to tell us all about worms. Well, this is at the end of the chapter, but I got to go there, man. So I... <laughs> So, what? Look, we all. I think I you actually guys, asked a question too that brought this on, so it's partially my <laughs> fault. So blame me too. Well, you got you guys at this point know that I'm the softy in the group, right? These guys are hardcore, and I'm the big wimp. And so I, when I read this, I'm like, all right. So God I, did. I don't know what that means. I'm like, so what? God did what? Like God, God killed this guy with worms. I'm like I don't like it when God kills people. Yeah. You know. So, so the so, question that I asked was, I, I was like, notice that it says. He was eaten by worms, yeah. and then he breathed his last. Yes. You'd think he breathed his last and then was eaten by worms, but no. No, no. <laughs> so we don't know exactly. There, there are a couple different things that could have happened. Um, it could have been like his bowels. That's what people talk about worms, it, meaning like his intestines. That's one idea. Another thing is that he literally had some kind of infesta- infestation of worms that, that starts from the inside. Like I read this thing about how, I don't know what this ancient disease or thing was but like the worms would come out of your belly button and they would come in and out of your mouth like we're talking a serious disgusting thing Mm. and the crazy thing is there are several accounts of this happening to different kings so this seemed to be a way that god liked to like to punish bad kings because because this is in history not i'm not talking about the bible i'm talking about like josephus and others like history writers Mm -hmm. recording this thing happened to several kings of that era yeah so and yeah so this wasn't he got he died and was eaten by worms like that happens no the guy was eaten uh, eaten alive by worms that's how he died and this doesn't mean that he died immediately the this angel comes to him and by the way, that's another thing that's debated by that. That could be a figure of speech because when, pe- when people, um, you know, became ill, sometimes people would say that an angel came to him and gave him this illness, especially bad guys. So it's not real clear where, whether an angel literally came or not, not like it matters either way. It's very clear in scripture that God either allowed this to happen or caused this to happen. So this was, God was acting in, in this case hmm. and this dude died a terrible death though though we see this instant where this happens it doesn't mean that oh he got eaten up by worms in five minutes and died no this was a disease that slowly ate so the the, so let's move into a little bit of application on this because this is just getting gross (laughs) i'm I'm ready to where's the application going (laughs) so here's the thing as we look at this chapter we see that that james or that that herod is doing some terrible stuff and and God doesn't appreciate that. When when God so listen, when God's got a movement, when He wants His will to be done, nothing's going to stop it. If you if God's got His will and the Holy Spirit is moving and working through people, then God's going to have His way. And yes, I get it. James dies. I know, but but God solves that problem. God, you know, and and we see the church continuing to grow. Nothing's going to get in the way of God's will, even even a dirty king. So God will strike him down with some worms and let's move on to the next one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh. Now I know like maybe it is part of um the reason it was striking the kings. I know that some different not cultures, but I guess cultures, they eat some strange things, do some strange things. And I know that in the past a lot of kings have have suffered from gout because 
they're not physically active and they eat just tons of meat, yes, true. red meat, drink tons of alcohol, just sit on their throne all day or do whatever they want and they just get overweight and just suffer with from gout. That's the kind of stuff that that brings. So maybe mm-hmm. it was something along those lines. I Who mean, knows? obviously if it, God gave it to him, he gave it to him, but um, maybe there's a way to get rid well, of it. And, and that, that can be another part of it is <laughs> there, there's a difference between God striking someone with something and God mm-hmm. allowing something. That's true. So, but either way, God already knows. Mm-hmm. So, so if I, I think God allowing and God acting can be very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so God allows or God acts. Either way, the bottom line is this dude does some terrible stuff, and God doesn't appreciate it, and God punishes him for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he got worms. <laughs> yeah, got if, Herod, worms. if Herod opened a pet store, right? <laughs> he called. I got worms. <laughs> All right, so that's I my. Just, I remember that. I just got that. Thank that's you. my Dumb and Dumber reference. <laughs> Obligatory. I have to it do that. Like, I did get it. Literally, you said I like, would, and I did. It's it's one of those things that like if I read this, I was like, I I'm, I have to do this. I'm obligated. Um, you know what's uh, sad is is I, we've all watched that movie, and I didn't get that joke until now because when I heard it, I'm like, what is he talking about? Yeah. And then when we read this, Daniel puts it together. It's like, oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> All right. Ding. Go ahead, Daniel. <laughs> so I think um, one of the other cool things that we read about in this chapter is just the power of prayer uh, from, from the church. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. You know, like Peter is, this is, I mean, this is going to be a pretty scary time, right? Because James, one of the make main dudes, is killed and Peter gets thrown in prison and is under like crazy guards. Like he's got like like groups of guards. He's chained to guards. There's four guards that are outside his gate. I mean, they are like... And Herod's like, man, this is cool. I'm killing people and people like it. Okay, I'm going to keep doing yeah. this. I'm going to go through Passover and I'm going to then like put, you know, Peter on a public trial so I can get more, you know, praise from people, I guess. And then, you know, kill one of the main church leaders. And, um, and then the church is just like praying for him, like praying earnestly for him. And then like right before, which is interesting because the whole, I think, I guess this is the, so this is during the Passover, right? which is the week. It's a week of Passover, isn't it? And so yeah, this yeah. is the so day before. The so bread, yeah. so yeah. what's interesting is that Peter's been in prison for a while, and they're praying earnestly for him. And he doesn't get out of prison until the night before he goes to trial. Mm-hmm. And so that I, I think it's not only that there's a power of prayer that we see here, but a power of persistent yes. prayer for yes. the church and for Peter. And I just I think that's awesome. You I, know? I got to throw something in there, Daniel, because, man— <laughs> You're on the same wavelength on this because I looked this up because I'm like, man, it seems like these dudes are always praying. And so I, I looked up how many times prayer is an ax. And we, so when I just looked up the word prayer, I, I noticed that, uh, you know a few things happen. One, they are praying. Two, we find it mentioned that they're on their way to prayer or on their way back to prayer or going or, or they're doing something around like a house of prayer, a place where they pray. Mm-hmm. So like. Prayer is in a lot of Acts. We see it in chapters 1, 2, 3, then 6, a couple times in chapter 10, 12, 14, and a couple times in chapter 16. And we see it less after that, which the fact that we see it less after that shows me something too. That before awesome things happen, at the beginning, you have to really concentrate and focus your prayer. And we see here, this this chapter here begins with bad things happening, and then they focus prayer, and it ends with good things happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds elementary, but I'm, I'll be I'll be honest. That's something that I am still trying to work on actively. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us, and me included, 
Like we see an ambulance go by, woo, woo, woo. And we're like, oh, Lord, could you bless them, those folks? Help them drive safely. Help the medics in the back to do that. You know, we, we have those 10-second prayers, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us Christians do that. But, what, but sometimes I think that we struggle with, I want to set this 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever time it is. <laughs> or like if we get a good old Baptist hymn, sweet hour of prayer, <laughs> you know, I want to set this time aside that it's going to be me and God. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I find it easy to set that time aside to study because I get a kick out of studying. Mm-hmm. Right. And I yeah. think a lot of us, like this stuff's interesting. That's why we're listening to a podcast. It's cool. I want to learn these things. Mm-hmm. But how often do we spend quality time quietly praying with God, you know, to God, talking with God? Mm-hmm. And another thing with that, we see this, we see what happens here in Scripture. We see that big things happen when people pray. But we sometimes it's like, well, that was almost 2,000 years ago. But we've had Jerry Cook on, on the podcast a couple times. And, and something I put together listening to her, I'm not sure if she said it on, on here, and I know that we don't like to brag, you know, but, but this is important. Jerry talked about how she went through uh, two consecutive 21-day fasts. Mm-hmm. That she broke it in like day 22, right? Mm-hmm. But, but she basically did a 40-day fast with one break. Yeah. Or a 42-day fast with one break. And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but we can see the results. Mm-hmm. Her ministry in Malawi has just done amazing, miraculous things. And it's not because Jerry's special. I love Jerry and she is special, but it's not because she's special. Mm. It's because she prayed and she fasted. Yeah. And that's, that's something I want to challenge all of us in this room to include myself and all of you listening mm. is to pray and oh snap, oh no, to fast. Mm-hmm. If we set some time to really pray and be serious about it with fasting, I believe awesome things can happen in this community and in the communities where our listeners live. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no happenstance that we're talking about prayer, uh, considering that just this past Sunday, uh, Dennis, uh, one of our elders, he spoke on prayer. Prayer is one of the things that we're talking about as far as how we fight, how we fight the, the battles around us. And one of those powerful weapons that we have is prayer. And a quote that he had is really awesome. It's from Samuel Chadwick. And it says, Satan dreads nothing but prayer. Uh, his one concern is to keep the saints from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies prayerless work or prayerless religion he laughs at our toil he mocks our wisdom but he trembles when we pray and i think that that is such a um there's there's a spiritual aspect of prayer that we have opposition to like like that the enemy wants us to not pray because when we pray our prayers are those things that go up to uh, the throne of God. It says like the prayers of the saints is like it's like an incense yeah. that he has in the throne of God. And that, that's when we can come before the throne and we can ask God for what we need. When the disciples, um, the or I should say the 12 apostles, but the disciples, when they were with Jesus, they asked him, Jesus, like teach us how to pray. Because when you pray, like something different happens, something mm-hmm. changes. And, and so I think that there is... There is definitely an opposition to us as believers to pray. And I think that there's something so powerful when we pray. But I love it. It's not just like, oh, and Rhoda was praying, you know, because we know Rhoda from later on the chapter, the girl that answered the door. Yeah. It was the church. 
And so not only is prayer powerful, but prayer and unity is like mega powerful. You know, yes. that's like Ultron, yes. you know, or whatever it is or not yes. Ultron, but uh, Voltron. <laughs> yeah, Voltron, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah no, the, and so uh, or Power Rangers, whatever. Uh, I could go on about Ultron, too, but that's another, that, another yeah, that podcast. That is a whole other one. <laughs> and so and so I think that that is a uh, I, I agree, Michael. I think this is a big challenge for us. And I think that we're, oh, there's going to be a lot of opposition, spiritual opposition, because um, so much of. Uh, like we see so much power in God when he speaks, you know, when he spoke creation happened and we're made in his image. And so when we are able to speak prayer and when we're able to speak out our, what we want to see take place and how we want to see God move around us, like things shake Mm -hmm. stuff happens. The disciples prayed for boldness and literally their house shook, you know, I mean, that's awesome. Goodness sakes. And then we see what happens next. It's not just the boldness about shaking. We see people getting released from prison. We see people getting healed. We yeah. see we see people standing up and 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 preaching the gospel and and to the point of of getting killed. Like these guys the things that these dudes said. <laughs> you talk about boldness, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These guys weren't joking around. Yeah. So so besides like spiritual like warfare, what do you guys think are some of the other hindrances that well, that ha- people have with prayer, or that it's like a common like challenge that it comes with prayer? Time, time. Let's so like making time and effort. Making for that. time, mm-hmm. yeah. Because there's I mean, even there's even a comfort level there too. I think until mm-hmm. you do it more, there's an uncomfortable uncomfortability to it that is awkward for people to sit down and just get, engage in that way. I think I think fasting is going to help with the time too, mm-hmm. yeah. and and with the intentionality, because. You don't have to fast 24 hours. You don't have to fast 40 days. Imagine if you thank, took time. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you took time and you fasted for lunch. Mm-hmm. Now, there's that time that you would have spent actually putting food in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you took just that 10, 15, 20 minutes and said, I'm fasting lunch and I'm going to go to a quiet place and I'm going to spend this time with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if that place is at your desk with your eyes open so you don't look like you're sleeping. You know, however you manage it, mm-hmm. that, that, that time that you would be eating, fast a meal and spend some time with God. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be a good way to start. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, Michael, about priority. I think it's just like time is priority, you know, because we, we all have allotment for what we want to do with our day. And we can say we're too busy, but really what that is, is just priorities. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, busyness is all about priorities. And, but, uh, but Brent, I thought you brought up a really good one about comfortability mm-hmm. i think that there's there's kind of a hesitancy or a fear especially like praying out loud or mm-hmm. praying like with other people yeah and i think there's this the misconception of like that it has to be done in a certain way right you know or yeah. the right words have to be said and there's or you want don't want to look foolish and so uh, man, those are just like lies from the enemy you know that it's not about Absolutely. saying the right words it's not about i mean like my son, he can't say yesterday. He says he says last day. So he says this happened last day, and so he doesn't say yesterday. And I don't sit there and just be like, oh, Judah, I'm not listening to you. You said the word wrong. I'm not gonna listen to what you're saying. Yeah. It's not about saying yesterday right. I'm listening to him, and and honestly, it draws me closer to him yeah. when I know he's not saying the right words, but he's trying and he's putting an effort into it. Yeah, I love that as a dad, and I'm like, and because you're his dad you still understand what he's saying even though he's not using the right words. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And and I think that like we wow. got to like obliterate that like <laughs> that that whole uh, notion that we have to say the right words, that we have to say like Father God every two seconds or that we have to say like uh, we have to see do our these and thous or we have to say scripture correct or it's not going to be found. I mean like 
God knows our thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, we don't even have to, like, he even, like, Jesus even says, like, God already knows what you need before you even ask. Yeah. Right? So you can just, just ask. Just, like, put it out there. Even if you say it wrong, even if you ask for the wrong thing. And I'm thankful that God doesn't answer every single one of our prayers. <laughs> because, uh, but, I mean, even if you ask for the wrong thing, he he's just a good dad, you know? Yeah. And he's not going to turn you away. You know, my, my son wants to turn the burner on on the oven. I'm like, no, like, son, you can't do that. You know, he asked for it, and I get his intention as he wants to see that. But I'm like, you can't do that. You're not ready for that. And, yeah. you know, that's just, I think we we have to all, we have to stop looking at God as this one who, you know, is on Grammarly or whatever it is and is always making sure <laughs> that, yes. like, our, our words are correct. He's just a dad that loves hanging out with his kids. Yep. Yeah. You got it. I th- and I feel the same way with my kids, too, that, like, there's my my uh my youngest or my oldest Christian. He's nine, and sometimes he comes up and he's like, "Hug." <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it gets annoying, right? <laughs> but but most of the time, it's like you know he's not saying anything, but he just wants to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. And how cool is that? Yeah. And, and I think sometimes with our prayer, again, it's not what you say. Sometimes you can, <laughs> you can spend time with God in silence too. Um. Because I know that God will speak through the Bible, right? We we know this that that we can learn, but you know what? God can also speak to you through the Spirit. Mm. Oh, and sometimes, yeah. if we spend time with prayer, and this is something that I've been practicing too with prayer, is you spend time with God in prayer, and and you say all the stuff, right? You talk, you talk, you get it out, and just instead of like, and and in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Like instead of that at the moment, just sit there in silence, mm-hmm. get it out. I just sit there in silence. And God might, might actually speak to you. And he might not. But there's something special about being kind of ushered into that presence of God and not leaving it. Yeah. Just just sit there. And it might feel awkward at first. But just sit there in it and just enjoy the enjoy God's presence. And, and I really believe, like a hug, God's enjoying your presence too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So prayer doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be the special. Because <laughs> we, we hear, and listen, listen. If you are the person that says, dear, dear heavenly, speaking in King James, you guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Speaking in King James, and then you, you use the word just 4,000 times, <laughs> and you say, Father, 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 Father. Father God, Father God. Look, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either. Nope. nope. If that's the way you talk to God, he loves talking to you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and he just, he's when, every, when you say just 4,000 times one prayer, he just smiles. And say he's talking, my, my kid's talking to me. Mm, yeah. So any way that you talk to God, just talk to God and be comfortable in it and go and go to God and just spend some time with daddy. Mm. Yeah. And I think well, the way com- well, take what we do now with conversations and kind of adapt it a little bit to prayer. Sometimes it's it's easy to send a quick tech, text message to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so sometimes you can just be in the car and be like, you know, Jesus is on my plate. I really want to, I really want to help with this. All right. And then just go. You know, and just kind of, because like, he knows what we need. He hears our thoughts. He, when we speak to him, when we talk to him, it doesn't have to be this, all right, I've got to put every category together when I construct this prayer that's going up to the Father. You know, it's, uh, we used to, um, uh, well, so I don't want to ruin this for some children. Uh, <laughs> Santa Claus isn't real, but we used to. Uh, Spoiler alert. Way <laughs> to go, Daniel. What? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but we used to send notes up to Santa Claus as like as kids. And 
they were like little like pieces of paper and we would write like what we wanted for Christmas on it and we would do it Christmas Eve and we would send it up the like fire like up up like the chimney and stuff oh, yeah. like that it was really cool how uh, it was a cool idea that my parents did and so they would the little notes would like float up or whatever it was mm-hmm. sometimes they would come off of the little poker that goes in there and they would fall in the fire and they would like disintegrate Die. and they would <laughs> and like we would be mortified yeah. right we would be like no Santa's not Your gonna Christ- know Christmas wishes are dead I know exactly like we're not gonna get <laughs> any Christmas presents and like of course we didn't realize that where the Christmas presents actually came from and the fact that my parents would go out into the yard and pick up all of the leftover like letters that came out through the chimney (laughs) in the morning so that we didn't know about it but like I mean we think about it with prayer sometimes right like it's like you know if it's not done right then it can't go up to Santa Claus or it can't go up to our Heavenly Father and sometimes it'll fall flat it'll burn you know or whatever it is and we're like no this is not gonna work my parents were right there they knew what we needed. They knew what we wanted. God's the same way. He's right here. So he knows good, what we need. He knows what we want. Here's a good analogy. Those prayers, those Christmas wishes, it wasn't the paper and the pencil that they were written in. It was the heart behind it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So even if it burnt, didn't matter. Same thing with the prayer. Yeah. It's not how you say it. It's the heart you have behind it when you're saying it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Brent, I'm also curious. Um, something that I, that I read, you know, with with the Lord's Prayer. I know we go back to that a lot, but I love how he starts it. You know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a praise at the very beginning of his prayer. And sometimes we have like a prayer list and we're like, all right, dear Jesus, would you please bless Aunt May or whatever? You know, Spider-Man, sorry. <laughs> but like, you know, would you would you please bless you know all these people? and Peter Parker, and Bruce <laughs> yeah. Wayne, Uncle Buck. <laughs> Man, we did it again. But but yeah. uh, but so I mean, being, Brent, could you help us? Like, what are some good ways to kick off your prayer with praise? I mean, I mean, I'm sure that you're that you being creative. You have some some ideas. So help us out. You know. Well, I mean, I don't want to give any specific things to say because I don't. I, I think it's supposed to come from your heart. Sure. Um, but I do think that I think there's a couple really good ways to begin a prayer. One is just to to give praise of some kind. Um, another kind that I I really like to start off with is giving thanks. Mm, I yep. really love to thank God first because. I'm getting ready to ask him for things and, and talk to him about things that I would like to have in my life and help with things and all these healing for people and all this different stuff. Um, and I don't want to start with, you know, and he doesn't care if you do, but I don't want to start with, you know, give hey, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Oh, by the way, thanks. Love you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, and like I said, he won't care if you do it, but I think there is something in the position of your heart and the way that you enter into the prayer sure. that, um, that can be, you know, I don't know if the right word is appreciated, but be appreciated and held dear by him, you know? Um, and another one is a lot of times I'll pray if I've been in a season of asking for a lot, I'll pray and just say, I'm not going to ask you for anything. Mm-hmm. I just want to tell you, thank you. I want to tell you, nice. I love you. I want to tell you how amazing you are and I want to bless you. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's more ways than that, but those are kind of the three core core ones that I have that I use on a regular basis. You know? awesome. I think if you're also struggling with a lot of the me prayers, um, really start praying for other people. Yeah. If you start focusing on the needs that other people have and start to intercede on their behalf, uh, that can always really can and help out as well. And I think you're right. I mean, starting with praise or thanks is just a really good idea. You see that with the way Jesus kind of constructed his prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even like repentance, you know, asking God to forgive you uh, of like anything that you've done that kind of 
to wound God, to hurt God, to, you know, uh, it's always going to be a good thing to do. And then uh, one thing, another aspect of prayer that Jesus showed us is yielding to God. You know, he yielded to the will of the Father. So yeah. when you ask for things, you you knew it that it was really one of those things. Yeah, when he was at the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, no, sorry, he says that in the Lord's Prayer, but then he did, he said it in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. And so um, I think that those can be different like ways to kind of posture a heart differently. So it's not all about the ask, you know, mm-hmm. it can be about thanking God and, and, and make it personal. I mean, like, what are you thankful for? You know, what are you, and then what are the things that are burdening you? What are the things that are on your heart and, and how can you trust God in the waiting? Because yeah. that's part of the process of prayer and part of the process of earnest prayer is to know that there's going to be a waiting process when it comes to the answer of our prayer. You may not see it until, you know, you may not ever know that your prayer has been answered. But yeah. that's doesn't, I think that there is always going to be that opportunity to trust God with the results. Yeah. And, and one thing, too, if we're on prayer and talking about different things about it, one thing that I've actually begun doing in the last few months that just feels different and better to me if I'm praying for healing for someone or for something um, I'll actually speak you know Michael I know that you have pain that you deal with at times and um, I'll actually speak and say father you know please bless Michael please lift this burden off of him restore his body bring him healing and comfort but then after I ask God I'll say also God in the authority that you have given me as a child of yours in your kingdom I am part of that kingdom. You have given me power to speak in your name. I speak over Michael mm-hmm. with the authority that comes from you to me. I speak to him that he will be healed, God. And I and I make it more of of a command mm-hmm. to to your your burden and your and your illness and stuff. So, um and that seems to I don't know, it just seems to in 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 my experience with it, there's something more powerful about it. Um, and in adding both of those. So anyway, just oh, something nice. out there, you know. Yeah. And one more thing too, you just kind of, and I know we talked about prayer a lot, and this is awesome. I love talking about prayer, but mm-hmm. uh, in Jesus' name is not the period to a prayer. Yeah. Uh, in Jesus' name is the authority in yeah. which we pray. Yes. You know, I mean, it is, when we say something in Jesus' name, we're saying because uh, Jesus has done all of this on our behalf. It says when Jesus said, when you ask in my name, you will receive. And so that's where we get kind of the in Jesus name. It's not just the, oh, okay, I'm done with my prayer. So I got to end it with the spiritual period of in Jesus name. <laughs> right. It's no, that in Jesus name is the authority. And I think we have to like really take into account that because we might pray and be like, God, I just, I don't know, maybe do this. That would be really cool. And yeah, I guess that would be okay. Uh, I mean, you may not, and I understand <laughs> But That's, and, and it's have like, you been listening to me pray, Daniel? Sometimes, <laughs> I know. I, but and it, but I mean, like, we, and then we say in Jesus' name, Amen, right? And then we're like, man, like in Jesus' name is authority. Like, I mean, like in Jesus' name, like, man, yeah. like this is what this is. God, I want to see this take place. And yeah. you say that, like, if I pray in Jesus' name, here's the thing, and it's not like a name it, claim it kind of thing. And I know that has like we can go on a way far tangent sure, with that, sure. but like, uh, really know that like in Jesus' name is not just this ending to the prayer it's like man like this is authority that we get because jesus is our big brother you know and he's he's literally next to god interceding on our behalf you know and so that is something that we can trust in and there's power in that mm-hmm. well the i'm glad we got into prayer because yeah. it, as as daniel did the overview and i talked about the different you know spots where prayer is included in acts if if you guys look i mean yeah, we could have got into how Peter, like the details of how Peter was rescued. We could have got into, well, we did get into the, the details of the death of Herod. Yeah. But the reason why these things happen is 
because of prayer. And and, and then when we get into the next chapter, it starts off with that that they they prayed and fasted as they commissioned you know Paul and Barnabas. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys know, but Paul and Barnabas did some really cool stuff. But it but their ministry like as they get commissioned, it starts off with prayer and fasting. Yeah. So it's all over this book of Acts, and I'm glad that we got into it today. Yeah. One last thing I want to say before we wrap up. Um, you were talking about Jerry and about um, prayer and fasting being such a part of, of her ministry and her yeah. life uh, living in Malawi. She actually came and spoke to us as uh, um, a church staff. We have a staff meeting each week, and she came and joined us, and she shared a lot with us and really poured into us. And one of the coolest revelations that I had uh, being with her, she shared that um, her prayer and her ministry over there is that they would they would work with these children and that God would make them spiritual giants. And she would yeah. never, she would never like this. And I'm sure it makes her uncomfortable, but God is answering that prayer in her. Absolutely. He's making her a spiritual giant as well. Mm, so, so she came and she shared with us. And one thing that we have to remember is that in the book of Acts, the Bible wasn't written yet. These guys were living it and they were just writing it down. It hadn't come together. So churches didn't have Bibles to go to for right. the word of God kind of thing. But she brought up, she said three things. She said getting in the word, she said praying, and she said fasting yeah. are like her three staples of, of what she does and how she functions over there. So I just you know, and, sure and with that, that, guys, you know, now that she's not here, so it doesn't feel like it's a cheesy promotion, <laughs> um, go check out U-Turn Ministries and, yeah. and look her up. She Now look, she is doing some awesome stuff. Like she's, she's, she's reaching people for Jesus obviously, but she's also doing good humanitarian work as well mm-hmm. with orphans. I mean, if there's, if there's something to get behind, even financially, man, that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, go, go to U-Turn Ministries and check out Jerry, you know, Google it, find it and, and pray about it. Maybe pray and fast about it, right? <laughs> about whether that's somewhere that you should give because, uh, man, that, that that's just a great ministry to be a part of. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll finish up. Daniel, I thought you had something else. So, okay. Um, Well, I will pray today and uh, take us out of this thing. So, uh, Heavenly Father, we come to you today um, just filled with joy that we get to be here and um, come together in your word and and speak about such things. God, I love the fact that we went to um, so much of this podcast today was spent on prayer. Uh, I know that uh, that's something that I'm still growing in, something that I need to get better at, but I know that there's a lot of people out there too that aren't aren't um, comfortable with that yet, and that aren't making time for that in their lives. And I just love that a conversation like this um, can move and and help spur them into uh, developing more of those disciplines and developing not even a discipline, but more of a desire for intentional relationship with you, God. So we just love you so much, and we are so happy to be able to do this. And I just I pray again and again that the conversations that we're having here are truly reaching people for you and for your kingdom. Um, I ask and I speak through the authority of your name that everyone hearing this podcast, that they would be blessed, God, that they would be blessed and that they would come to know you even more, that you would move in their lives and that they would develop a burning fire within them to want to be closer to you Mm. and to know you, God, and to put that priority in their life and make that intentional decision every day to be with you more and more. Um, for you to grow and for your kingdom to be glorified, God. It's all we ask that this podcast is. It's all we ask that what our lives are. And that we ask that the people that are listening to this, that their lives become that as well if they aren't already, God. We just want to glorify you because we love you and we thank you, God. 
We thank you for everything that you do, every way that you move in our lives, seen and unseen. Help us to understand more and more of of acceptance of who you are and how great and how big your plan is for us and for this world and for your kingdom and your love for us and for this world and for your kingdom, God. We just ask that you continue to move and we thank you and we love you and lift your name on high and glorify you. And in your name we pray, amen. 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 All right, you guys, that wraps us up for yet another week. Daniel brought up the point. It is Passion Week. Um, So here at the church, we are actually on Friday night, going to be having a Good Friday service at 7 o'clock. It's going to be about an hour long from 7 to 8. And then we are having two Easter services on Easter Sunday, uh, one at 9 a.m. and one at 11 a.m. So uh, I know that it's Tuesday, so you have a little bit of time to uh, go out and spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your families, tell your enemies, (laughs) tell everybody. Um, bring them in, let them experience the, the light of God, but the community of God as well and the heart of God. So, um, we hope to see you guys then. Um, and we will talk to you next Tuesday. Have a great week guys.